you want to talk about, but can can I start something? I, I didn't really have anything. <laughs> it was going to be for my uh, content. You're, you are physically putting yourself in a position where yawns are going to happen. Like you're summoning a yawn. This is like an incantation. I'm sitting on the floor. That's like... <laughs> No, but the way you're like leaning back against a column, it, it's a, like, it's a gateway drug to yawning <laughs> on the floor. Okay, last week Thomas and I took a bunch of high school kids to Chicago to serve um, Mission USA at the bridge, and um, this we discovered this amazing thing about the minivan that we rented. Tell me, and I've never seen anything like this in a car. Like, okay. Um, I've always had older cars, and so I've very recently had a car where you like push buttons and things happen. Usually it's like, you know, windows that crank and stuff like that. Old, yeah. old school cars. Um, I don't even think Christy's car really has functioning power steering. <laughs> she has to be as strong as she is in order to drive it. Let's get you some, let's get you some power steering um, fluid in there. <laughs> in any case, um, but this minivan like has all these bells and whistles and like one of them is like you can push a button to let the gate in the back down and it will close itself all the way i don't even know how that works i don't know how it closes the gate all it the way. also leaked through one of the speakers well, during the rain it did but so like there's an electrical fire waiting to happen <laughs> but like w- my point on this is when you touch a button in a minivan things move slowly. Yeah. Like the side, the side sliding doors, you touch a button. It usually warns you with like a little noise. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, this is going to slowly, like comically slow. Yeah. That's how slowly doors open and close in a minivan when you push a button. So it's like Dr. Nefario (laughs) trying to speed away. Why are you so old? Um, yes. And so anyway, so we get into the car after lunch and Thomas is driving and the, and the van is beeping. But it won't tell us why it's beeping. Normally, if a if a high end car like this beeps, it tells you what the it like warns you. Like you have a door ajar or something like that, or your tire pressure is low. And it just kept doing it. And Thomas said, <laughs> he said it sounds like the van's on life support. Yeah, it was literally the same cadence and pitch as like a heart rate monitor yeah. in a hospital <laughs> when someone is like boop boop. <laughs> Being kept alive yeah. by the hospital's mechanisms, and it was just, we were just driving down the interstate at eighty miles an hour. Yes, so eighty-five. Um, <laughs> so we we were like, okay, we called Christian Potts and said, like, hey, we're gonna have to get off the. They were in a different van behind us. We're gonna have to get off the interstate immediately because we got to figure out what's making this beeping sound. It turns out that the beeping sound was the goobers that were sitting in the back seat pushing a button relentlessly yeah they were i think i found it out later they were pushing the automatic door button the automatic what you know you know the doors open automatically and there's a button to do it oh. so when you're moving obviously you can't do that and it gives you a warning beep wow so i figured that out later because i was cleaning the car i was like that's what they were doing that's what they were pushing yeah yeah so they were being they were annoying us and very successfully but they had because we were pulling over they had to stick to the bit they just had to keep they were like well we're in too far now like (laughs) so we pull over and because we're convinced that it's the the we we think there's a door ajar yeah the trunk is ajar but meanwhile thomas said everybody google my chrysler pacifica won't stop beeping at me what a great line (laughs) it is So, so, so everybody's so specific (laughs) yes so everybody's googling that exact sentence And all of a sudden, Manny, uh, who's sitting in the back, who's gaslighting us with the beeping, yeah. meanwhile... Yeah, he gaslit us. Yes. 
he gaslit us. Dick, and so he's, so he's saying to us, okay, guys, um, on, on the little iPad thing, go into vehicle and settings and, and then push this button and push that button. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm making my way through the menu on this van, this touch screen. And all of a sudden there's a, there's a button that says rear headrest. It has a little drawing of a, of a seat in a car in it. And Thomas pushes it. <laughs> it was a gift from the Lord. It was just like a he little had, moment. He where, had the designer of the Chrysler Pacifica drop this feature in because he knew about 10 miles outside of Harrison, Ohio in 2023, October 2nd, the year of our Lord, Thomas Cox is going to need to push this button. So Thomas pushes the button and suffice it to say, Manny and Landon, who are sitting in the very, very back seats, gaslighting us with this button, this uh, beeping, the the headrest behind them literally flies forward and smacks Manny in the back of the head. And he just goes, bro. And we were like, what? And he was like, the headrest just slapped me. Like it, <laughs> it's the only time a button in a van has made something move quickly. Right. right. But it was like lightning speed. It was like, it was like the van hauled off and smacked Manny in the back of the head. <laughs> hauled off and smacked him. <laughs> that, that, that word it's a, all off. It was like a, it was it was uh, like he it was like he wound up for the smack, you know? Yeah, what's the what's the scripture S- slap say? Slaps the scripture. Uh I you know, love love justice. Do mercy. Act ju- <laughs> walk humbly with your God. Yeah, but and act justly in the van. I mean, it was fulfilling scripture because they deserved it. Micah chapter six, verse eight. The man was like, I'm going to institute some justice because those guys are gaslighting these drivers. Love mercy, act just. Well, so when we figured out that that's what that button did, then Thomas proceeded to do that anytime Manny said something stupid or was ridiculous or weird. Yeah. Or anytime Landon did something goobery. Yeah. Then Thomas would just navigate. Well, just every once in a while, they just needed it. You know, like, it was just like, <laughs> sometimes you just need to remember that I'm in power right now. <laughs> sometimes out of nowhere. Sometimes Landon just caught a stray because Manny, because yeah. there was only, you had to do both. There was not one. Yeah. Those, these, it's like this headrest button was like, it was like the sweetest thing the Lord could have given Thomas last week. It was amazing. It was incredible. Sometimes it's, we should just end the podcast after this, but sometimes I like to think of when specific things happen like that, that the Lord, it just a long, long time ago created this knowing that it was going to happen for this moment. Yeah. We, we, we had some banger moments on that trip. And one of them was when you almost took me on like across a median and into the wrong interstate because you decided the to, sake of to quote a SpongeBob bit. Like yeah. there was a thing where we were either going to go East or West. And I had been saying, okay, you're going West, 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 West. west. So I'm like going on the West thing. And then all of a sudden Thomas quotes SpongeBob, Patrick <laughs> and Patrick it's in the, I mean, there's just, Lee hasn't seen this episode yet. Here's the thing. If you, if you're not a SpongeBob fan, you're wrong, but also you just haven't seen like, and here's the thing. If you're sitting there and you're like, I've never watched SpongeBob. I just thought it was a stupid child show. It is not. It is it is brilliant <laughs> comedy and it takes 10 minutes to watch an episode. So it's like if you if you're listening to the show and you're like, okay, send me a banger. Just the next time you got 10 minutes to kill. Yeah. 
text me and I'll send it to you. But there's an episode from early, I think it's probably season one, honestly, where SpongeBob and Patrick are playing a board game and it's a treasure hunt board game, but on the box it says based on a real treasure map and Mr. Krabs wow. sees it and he's like, wait a second. Oh, cause he just wants money. Yes. So they do this treasure hunt and <laughs> they get like all the way to the end and they start looking for the treasure and like we can't, we, they're freaking out cause I can't find Mr. Krabs is mad. And Patrick says East. I thought you said weast. <laughs> so they've been going the wrong direction the whole time. <laughs> so we pull up to this exit and there's an East or a West. And I've been saying West, West. I, yeah, so I've been I've And been then I just west. quote it and say, East? Yeah. I thought you said Weast. <laughs> so <laughs> Lee started going the wrong way. Yeah, so as soon as Thomas said East, like with the with that inflection, I was like, whoop, I'm whipping it across well, the Well, you got, I mean, it was one of those things where like. And Thomas goes, no, 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 We west. basically, if you've seen the office episode where they drive into the lake, that's literally what Lee did. He was going, it was a clear split, like a fork. Oh, gosh. But right in the middle was one of those guardrails where it comes to a point you know when you yeah. see him peeled up on the interstate like a banana yeah, i was about we to. almost did it because yeah. lee just went straight for it he was like i don't know what to do he froze in panic because well, right, right when the time is coming for the turn you're like east and i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa i thought you said west and then you're like i thought you said west and then you're like no west west it was and you know jan I, I think janet was just laughing while the other children in the car were just like totally freaking out i was like la- i laughed till i cried in that moment <laughs> Welcome to Ancient and New. We're back. We took a week off because, well, we weren't taking a week off. We were, <laughs> we were managing the children. We were 500 miles away. Yeah, um, but we are back, and we're about to, back to talk about some scripture. And Thomas, why don't you lead off? Okay. See what I did there? Lead off. Mm, cool beans. Yeah. Uh, it, some would say it's probably the best time in the on the sports calendar right now. Mm. It's October. Yeah, you get in my opinion the best professional sports postseason. MLB baseball does it the best in my opinion. It's so cool. It's it's well now it's twelve teams, but it's not half the league, and it lasts exactly a month. It, it's it, it it goes long enough to where you you are going to miss it because they don't they like the to me in the NBA it's like April May June <laughs> is the postseason. I, and you're like, wait a second. It's it's like it's half the it's half the league. Half you the play season. a seven game series for everyone. Yeah. Baseball is a series all year. It's normal. Yeah. And it, I just, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I could I could go on a rant, but also we're in the middle of college football, Ooh. which is yeah. the best sport known to man. It's I personally a, it's think a, it's unbelievable. Um. Anyways, it, it, just a lot of good things are happening right now. So, but also means. A lot of people are going to quote a particular verse when they win a game. Yeah, they are. They're going to get in a post-game interview, and and, and they're going to shove a mic and a camera in some dude's face, and he's going to say, well, you know. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. <laughs> because that's clearly what Paul is talking about. Paul was definitely talking about college football. He was definitely talking about the experience of, of, you know, of, of catching a, uh, you know, a, a, a dot on yeah. the boundary. He was, definitely, he was definitely talking to you fill in the blank MLB player who makes $13 million a year. <laughs> oh, no, he was This was totally tongue in cheek. He was yeah. not talking he was not. about that. He was not. In fact, he was speaking on behalf of somebody who doesn't really have money. And yeah. Anyways, I'm going to so read this. Shall we turn our attention to Philippians, Philippians 4, 4? And I'm going to start in verse 10. Okay. So, um, golly. 
This is Paul. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all thing, all this through him who gives me strength. Okay. Um... There's a, there's just there's a lot of cool things in here and I just I just feel like sometimes we need to debunk the myth the myth of Philippians four thirteen. Okay. It's just it's just important and uh it's also good to realize that people can take scripture in whatever context they want and make it say whatever they want it to make. Yeah, so, and sometimes it's fairly harmless like the, mm-hmm. the post game interview after yeah. you know MLB game or whatever. Yeah. It, it it's out of context. It's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about athletic feats. Mm-hmm. Um and he's not talking about teams winning. I'm not really sure how much Jesus cares about any of that. No. But um you know, except that he he loves us. Yeah. But like he loves the team he loves the losing team as well. Right. And um and he loves people that that can't accomplish amazing athletic feats as well. Right. So it's 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 definitely not what Paul's talking about, and this is a fairly innocuous version of that. Mm-hmm. But there are ones that are much more dubious and much more dangerous. Right, of course. So we're we're not going to go all the way down the rabbit trail of that today, but this is where we are, and it's just. But I think it's important to set set it up by saying like this is something to be aware of. If you're not already aware of it in the world, people take scripture. This again, this is innocuous, but there are times when. Uh, you know, just like historically, some crazy things have happened and people have used scripture to defend it. 100%. And you're like, wait a second. The patriarchy, racism, the uh, list Slavery, goes yeah, all yeah. kinds of stuff. And it's it's like, wow. If you do a, just a tiny bit more investigating, you realize, okay, no. you right. That was wrong. Um, anyways, all that to say, it's something to be aware of. Just for, I know there's, there's probably an audience of listener out yeah. there who are like, okay, I can fast forward through this 45 seconds. But there's probably somebody out there listening to this out of the three of you who could take, <laughs> who this may be news to. And you're like, wait, I've never really thought about that. That's good to know. Um, it's always important to understand the context of whatever you're reading, who it was written to, when it was written, and what all's going on around it. And this is a great example of that. Yeah. Paul, right before this, says, uh, I have learned the secret of being content in ev- any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul is uh, a missionary who, you know, like had, had a job, but also like he knew what it meant to step out into situations and trust the Lord. If I look at, if I look at Paul and I understand, like, and I'm trying to understand what he means by this, which is like, uh, to say, I have a secret. I have a secret of being content in every circumstance. Whether I'm eating, whether I'm not eating, whether I have a home, whether I don't have a home, whether I have clothes on my back, whatever, fill in the blank. Like whether I have what's what I need to survive or whether I don't, I know what it means to be content in these situations, which I think is something that everybody who's ever read this letter right there should pause and say, whoa, I need to, I need to try to figure this out. Yeah. He's got a secret. He's got a secret. He's got a secret and he's a wise dude who went through a lot, by the way. Yeah. So as as uh, Americans in the Western world who uh, live in the Southeast, who, you know, like, and I'm not trying to minimize anybody's situation. I'm just saying, just for my life, we'll say it from my perspective. For me, 
as somebody who like if I were to put my life up against Paul's and I, I don't think comparison is a wise thing to do ever. Um, but if I'm to look at my life and to say, there are times when I struggle to be content, that's a fact. I think everybody who's listening to this could say, yeah, or there are times when I am, I'm struggling with whatever's going on in my life. Or I'm frustrated with the Lord where I, where I'm, where I'm worried about if I'm going to make it or not. If a guy who, uh, spent a lot of time in prison, who was stoned, who uh, was persecuted for his faith? All the things, beatings, shipwrecks. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. How many? Three shipwrecks. Yeah, and uh, it's, well, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, yeah. or whatever. Whatever the thing is. Yeah. No, but he, he. I'm, I'm, I'm being cheeky. I'm mostly just saying, like, if a guy is telling you, I have a secret to contentment. Yeah, and you can look at his life and say, okay, this may be a pretty good little gold nugget here. Yeah, I think it's worth listening to. That's not me saying like. Uh, it's really going to be really easy to photocopy and, you know, con- control C, control V that into my life and uh, run with it. But, uh, or command C, command V, whatever the Apple command yeah, for copy paste is. Your windows are an Apple. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just, I wanted to investigate that a little bit, which I, I think is just a, it, if you do a little bit of investigating, if you look around this, you see a guy who was talking about, uh, about like, and I think this is true of Paul, period. Can I say, I, I'm, I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit trail, but Paul was somebody who faced a lot of tough circumstances and a lot of hard things. He's also somebody who had a lot of things to say about that and how to like, one thing I've realized about him is he, when he is ready to pull himself out of a situation, and I say that on purpose because I don't think Paul was somebody who avoided human feelings. I don't think he's somebody who avoided human emotions. I don't think he's somebody who- He wasn't a robot. No, he wasn't. And he wasn't, he's somebody who's speaking out of experience. If Paul says, you know, do this thing by prayer and petition or always be in conversation with the Lord, I think he's speaking out of some, out of a a place of, I have been here and I figured out what works for me. I have a secret because I have gone through it and I've tried to understand it. Think about how much time he spent in prison, how all the things he went through. Uh, There's a place in Philippians two where he literally says, I can have less anxiety now because of this. AKA, I've been anxious. This has been hard. This has been really hard for me. Um, He has some wisdom because he's he's gone through it. Yeah, I mean, in Ephesians 4, there's two different ways that he says not to be angry. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's definitely other times. You can't read the book of Galatians and say, this brother was never angry before. (laughs) If you are saying you should go ahead and emasculate yourself. You, you've, you've got some frustration. So all that to say, I'm setting this up to say, if Paul has a secret, it's not, I mean, like one, he did have some revelation that a lot of he's us didn't have. Smoke is what you're he's not blowing smoke and he's learned it through experience, which I think is really important. So check this out. Uh, if you go back a little bit, he says, uh, by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he says, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Okay. I personally think Paul, I've said this already, went through stuff, hard stuff, felt hard things that all of us felt. I think there's a lot of evidence for that. I think what Paul got good at and a secret that he had was when I got to a place where I could finally see the light 
whatever that is. And I may be filling in gaps here and this may be heretical of me, but I'm just saying, uh, when I could finally see the light in these hard situations, I found out if I could start thinking about good things, if I could start reminding myself of amazing things the Lord's done for me, the fact that he is with me, uh, here, like a list of stuff here. If I could remind myself of, uh, true things, noble things, pure things, right things, admirable things, excellent things, praiseworthy things. If I could start telling myself, like, as I'm saying that, I can feel my spirit start rising a little bit. If I could start finding reasons yeah. to be thankful, if I could, if I could get to a place where, and again, this is not me saying when you're down in the grimy muck of all of it, stop all the things you're feeling and start doing this. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think we all know the feeling of, I feel terrible. I'm going through a crummy situation. I, it's hit me over and over again, but there's, it's, there's a crack of light eventually, whatever that is. I mean, am I wrong about this? I could be wrong. I don't want to no, be, no, no, I, no. I really, really want to be careful. I'm not trying to talk down to people's I feelings. It's the exact secret. I think that the issue is that I think the issue and the danger is if you just say it, then it's like, okay, there you're, uh, you know, hands washed, you're solved. Right. Like, okay, all you have to just think, think happy thoughts and you'll be fine. And it's like, no, this no, is, no, no. this is a, it's, this is a recipe that this is a, it's, this is a recipe or maybe what would be better is a practice routine mm-hmm. that he got better at over time. Yes. Like I, there's a know, lot, there's so much evidence for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like, you know, when Jack joined, uh, the karate studio that, that Grady has been a part of since Grady was four. Mm. Like, you know, they would teach Jack a, a form and it's like, he would kind of work his way through it. But if you watch Grady do the same thing, all the movements are tight. All of the movements flow, mm-hmm. everything, because he's been doing it for years. He's gotten right. it. Like he's practiced it and perfected it. And now Jack's been in there for like three years and his forms look like that too. Like yeah. the geese snaps when he does certain kicks and stuff like that because he's practiced and he's gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Paul's saying, look, I, um, I access a little gratitude and I think, uh, and I think about good, true stuff. And then, um, and that's all it and takes. All you'll never, solved. No. you'll never feel your feelings right. again. Right. No. It's like, no, this is, this is something that you got to get reps at. You've got to mm-hmm. practice, but it's not, not true. Right. In other words, like gratitude is a game changer mm-hmm. and changing your perspective to the promises and fulfillments of promises of God and, and things that are noble instead of things that are crappy, like, and uncool, like the, that does change your perspective and outlook. Right. But it's, but it's probably, it's not a one-stop shop. It's a skill that right. you have to develop. Right. And, Yes. And I, I want to be really, really cautious and clear about saying, this is not me saying, here's a bandaid for all your hurt. Just stop thinking about it. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, yesterday I, uh, I fell asleep on the couch for like 10 minutes I just, and, and then our kid woke up. So like there was, it was like four thirty. Jude was at the end of his nap. I knew it, but I was like, I'm going to, I'm just going to see what happens. So I closed my eyes and then, you know, I woke up, unexpectedly I was not, I was not ready to be woken up and therefore I was not happy to be awake or happy to be a human at that moment. Maddie was, Maddie was in a great mood. She went and got Jude and, uh, (laughs) she brought Jude in the living room and I was just like, 
not having it. I'm not ready to talk to anybody. Not whatever. And my wife, who knows me better than anybody else, said, uh, you know, she she took Jude and was like, let's go do this thing. Sometimes when daddy just wakes up, he's not really ready to speak to anybody and he's in a bit of a grumpy mood. And it was one of those things where like... Called it out. No, but it was so true. And, uh, but in that moment, I had like a, I had a little bit of a door crack where I just, I had to tell myself, because I, I was, I felt terrible. I was not ready to get up, but a, a door cracked and I had a decision to make. Like, yeah. am I ready to start climbing out of this or do I want to be grumpy the rest of the day? And this is a really small example of what we're talking about here. But um, I just, I saw a little bit of light and it was, okay, I need to start. I need to, I need to wake up and I need to be, I need to be kind in this and I can just, I can start doing that right now, but it's not, I just, I, I want to make sure that I didn't just open a can of worms and I'm going to no, but then, crush but anybody. To, to take, to take it all the way, to drive it to the hoop. Um, like when he says, I've learned this secret and because of that, and I'm getting better at this skill, like whatever situation Jesus puts me into, he is, he strengthens me to handle it. Mm-hmm. And that's what that verse means. Yeah. Is like, because Paul grew up a, a rich man. Yeah. And he was a very learned man. Yeah. And he was a very important and powerful man. Yeah. And then he became, he, he became this foreign missionary going out to a place where nobody knows who you are. Nobody cares. And you don't have anything. Right. And you're like, you're getting beaten up. You're getting shipwrecked. You're getting like. Bit by a snake. Yeah. yeah. You're getting dissed. Like you're mm-hmm. getting like all these things. And he's like, whatever Jesus puts me into, like I can do it. Yeah. I can, I can do anything mm-hmm. because, and, and what he means by that is I can handle any hardship because I, like, because Jesus enables me to, and the way he's enabling me to is he's enabling me to do it through the development of this incredibly important skill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm thankful that you helped me um, close the book on that. I want to look at something in revelation 22. Um, the apocalypse. Ooh, the uh, that's what the that's what that book is called in the original language. The apocalypse. Are you are you talking about uh, like the world exploding? No, I'm not. Talking oh, okay, about the world okay, exploding. Okay. Um, but um, yeah. So this is just the beginning of the last chapter of the revelation and and John makes it clear that what's being revealed here is um like by the way and I'll I'll steal this from Tom like the ap- the the word apocalyptic that makes us think of like um you know like a post nuclear disaster of of a planet where nothing yeah. grows and everything is horrible and yeah. only Will Smith is left yeah it's Wally yeah, yeah yeah and and actually the in the bible the apocalypse is a very awesome thing it's when Jesus comes back yeah. and we all go to heaven. It's like, this is, a, yeah. it's, you get a, gl- basically John gets a glimpse into this is not only is this is what hap- what's happening one day, but this is what happens. And this is what's happening in the world around you. You just can't see all of it. And here's a little glimpse behind the curtain. Um, like that's, and that's kind of an, an, a literal translation of apocalypse. We're going to open the curtain and reveal what's going on. And right. here's, you're going to get to see Jesus in a new way. Yeah. Um, but this is like the last chapter is like, okay, we're, we're zooming forward. This is what it's going to be like when the new heaven and new earth 
are, are experienced by us. Mm-hmm. Um, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Whew, that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's really beautiful when you consider what's going on right now yeah. in, um, in Gaza and in Israel. Um, verse 3 says, No longer will there be any curse. Now, um, and maybe I'll just, there's, there's so much beauty here. I'll just read a little bit more, but that's the part I want to focus on. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. So this is a new creation. So we're like the sun was created uh, to, to bring in the order of day versus night. And, um, and now we have a new creation where there's no sun mm. and there's no night. Yeah, it's cool. It's just, um, it's just day. Um, I've always thought about it like, have you ever had one of those days that you're like, oh, this is the most perfect day. I wish it would never end. And it's like, that's kind of what heaven is. It's the mm. perfect day and you finally get that wish. This is never going to end. It's yeah. just going to be amazing. But the thing that, that caught my attention was in verse 3 where – um, where it says, no longer will there be any curse. Okay, so that made me think about something. It mm-hmm. made me think about the book of Galatians. Okay. And I want to run over there real quick. And, um, okay, Galatians, the Apostle Paul is writing to this little church because basically after he left, from kind of starting it and getting them built up and getting leaders in place, some folks came in behind him and said, yeah, 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 believing in Jesus is cool, but you also have to follow like Jewish ritual law. You have to, you have to eat only ritually clean Jewish food. Uh, men have to undergo the, the rite of circumcision. Like you have, to, you have to be Jews first and then you can be a Jesus follower. What chapter are you in? And I, I'm, I'm just talking in general. Oh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to read a little in two and mainly in three. But, um, and so Paul found out about that and he wrote this seething letter saying, no, you do not. Yeah. You do not have to follow any of that stuff. And you do not have to become a, like a Jewish person before you can walk with Jesus. All of that stuff is completely out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says it, um, so I'll, I'll give you an, a little example of that. Um, we who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ Jesus and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So he's talking specifically about not only like ritual and ceremonial law, but by the 10 commandments, by the, by the Torah, by the instruction Um, God gave these instructions on Mount Sinai to Moses. Moses gave them to the people, and this is how we're going to live. We find out from Paul in Romans chapter 3 that no one was ever expected to live that way. We talked about this in our last episode. But I want to keep this this theme going. So um, 
Let's see. So <laughs> in chapter three, you were mentioning this before. Chapter three, he says, you foolish, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? <laughs> so he, um, and then, so cheeky. yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's fired up. Um, he says in verse five, so I, uh, so again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify. So this is cool. This gives us, this is a new way to become a child of Abraham. These people are saying you have to become children of Abraham first, then you follow Jesus. So you have to do all the Abrahamic things. And Paul says there's only one Abrahamic thing. That's just to believe God. Period. All the rest of it, you don't. You just don't onboard. Yeah. Um, scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed. Are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Here we go. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Um. And he goes on to say that Jesus became our curse for us. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, okay, I, I wanted to zoom in on that word curse. Basically, like the idea was, okay, we've got these instructions. So you follow the instructions and then you're okay with God. And then we find out it was never supposed to be that way because God knew nobody was going to be able to do it. And so Paul goes farther and says, actually, all that instruction, trying to follow it, it's a curse. You're cursing your own life Mm. because you're never going to do it. You're just going to butt your head into a wall. And then we get to the end of Revelation 22. We are are like looking in high def at heaven. And he says specifically, there's no more curse. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute. One, that's amazing. Like you're not, you're there's no more curse. That's fantastic. But also the place it took my brain was the curse is the law. It's mm. the instruction. Yeah. There's no more instructions. Mm. The, you won't cool. need rules there. Yeah. You, you will be a new humanity. I will be a new kind of human. Yeah. And I'm going to see God face to face and I'm not going to need rules to follow. I'm going to see his heart on display and my heart will be transformed. And I'm not going to like heaven is not going to be a thing where like, finally I'm finally I'm willing to be disciplined and obey the rules. Right. No, the rules are gone. You're just going to be a completely different kind of thing. Mm. And that for, for people who feel like for people who feel like they're perfectionists, but frustrated, that's good news for mm-hmm. people who know they're not perfectionists, but who just always fail. That's good news. Yeah. Like that's just good news. Like the curse is gone. Mm-hmm. The law is gone. The instructions are gone. Yeah. Like trying to keep the rules is gone. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Was it on here recently where I was talking about the way I've been thinking about heaven lately? Or is that somewhere else? Where were we? I couldn't say. Maybe we were in the Windy City. No, it was, it's been, in the, it's been a few weeks ago. Anyways, I just, I think I've, I, it may have been on here, so I may be repeating myself, but I just, I think lately in, in just to honestly expand my view of heaven, I think I think I think what re- reduces our view of heaven is thinking, trying to think about what it is, like what it'll look like. What you know? Are we going to eat? Will yeah. there be sports? 
will I get to keep fishing? Will yeah. the things that I love here are they still going to be there? Yeah. I think that really shrinks it down. Yeah. When in reality, on this side of things, we I I just I don't really know. There's some practical things we can look at and say this will be what it's like. But I think what I've what has helped my uh, my human brain think about heaven is to think about what's not going to be there as opposed to what Ooh, is. Yeah. Because there are things that I know for a fact are not going to take oh, yeah, place. We in talked. There. We did. Where talk. were we? We were in. We were in my living room. This was like maybe three episodes ago. Oh bummer. No, it was great. Keep going. Well, anyways, because what we were talking about was we may not know what it's going, what is going to be there, but he does specifically say like there won't be tears. Yeah, there's things that are just not going to be there. There won't be pain, which literally is is to me is the equivalent of like, um, it's the equivalent of. I don't really know how to word this. It's just, it's like when you, uh, if you're, if you're looking at through a telescope at an object really far away Mm. and you're zoomed in on it and you you can make out some things about it. But if you step back from it and look at the big picture, you're like, well, I didn't realize this was part of this. I didn't realize this was the landscape of it. That to me, that's what's happening when I can tell myself like, here's what's not going to be here. When I try to zoom in really hard and think about what it's going to be, I'm not really going to get a clear picture of it because yeah. I just don't know. Like, frankly, there are things I don't, I don't super know. We can look at this, the thing you just read and say, well, that's cool. Like, I know that's going to be a part of this. Um, but when I try to refine it and create what I, you know, my human brain, I'm really reducing it. Like yeah. I'm, yeah. I, it's, it's like what, uh, I don't know. It's it's like when I look at a TV show from when I was a kid, and I was like, "How did I watch this?" Not because it's bad, but because like, like when I think about the size of the TV I watched it on, and, <laughs> and, and like if I ever watch an old YouTube clip of a Tennessee game from like 2002, I'm like, "How did we understand what was happening here? This is so grainy. The it's so it's t- the graphics are bad." I think we did that. Ex- I think we said the exact same thing. Yeah, and you use yeah. Jack's quote. Yeah, Jack's but, quote. Yeah. Um, these graphics it's suck. it's like uh yeah it's like playing pickup basketball and like you know you have an option to to pick uh you know that one kid who was really good when you're in middle school who's five two at the time and looks like a giant but actually he's not that big or you can take like like lebron or Shaq or something and you're like oh so anyways i i, I feel like this episode yeah. i'm doing a terrible job of articulating what i'm trying to say no but I, I think like it, it's funny because i when I think about things that aren't going to be there, like you to take it back to where where you took us in Philippians, like you talked about contentment. And I think like, I can't wait until like, I'm going to have to work the skill in order to get there Mm -hmm. with contentment. I'm going to have to keep doing that the rest of my life. I can't wait till that's gone because like, I am a person that like when, if I don't get my way, my first thing is to feel really deprived Mm -hmm. and upset. I'm like a little, like I'm always ready to be, like it's if feel if it may not come across this way from the outside, but from the inside, it's like I'm like I'm ready to become Gollum or something. I'm ready to become so such a dehumanized creature that's yeah. just like bitter, yeah. you know. But um, but in heaven, that's going to be, like discontentment won't exist because all needs will be met. Yeah, you know that's fabulous. Here we got to fight for it. You know. Yeah, that's right. We got we got to yeah. We had to work the steps and fight for it. It's important it's to do. When you were saying, <laughs> when you were saying, like, when do we talk about this? And I said, was it the Windy City? And that's funny because when we were 
walking around with our kids. I don't think it was the day we were in like downtown. I think it was, no, no, it was. It was right after lunch or something. We're walking around with the kids and it was somebody that had never been there before. And it was just classic because they were like, gosh, it's so windy here. Wait, hold up. Do I tell you? Oh, yeah. Nice <laughs> you just figured it out. Because in Oak Ridge, it's like, if, you, if, if we experience wind one day, like they experience every day, then yeah. it's like a disaster for us. It's like the day. Uh, there was a that, thing. That, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just because it was the day that like, it was so windy here that it knocked our sign off of the post. Yeah. And it exploded into like three pieces. Yeah. And then like, but that, that was amazing because then you have like, like, I remember, because that was Good Friday. Hmm. And so. do what? Yeah, it was. Yeah. But it's like, if you have one day like that here, it feels, it's like a geological event. Yeah, there used to be a, uh, um, I don't know if it's still a thing, but in like 2010, there was like a, or 2009, there was like a USA Today, uh, like Q&A, like a anonymous ass thing. Yeah. You know, it's like three, three questions or something. Probably still exists, whatever. People read the paper, I don't know. But one of them was like, blah, 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 I live here, blah, blah, blah. It never is windy. Is this the least windy city in America? And the responder was like, Actually, no. The least windy city in America is Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Whoa. Yeah, and I don't know if it right. still is. Yeah, and it that. was like I've never thought about that. But when it's windy here, we all are really aware of it. It's like when an airplane flies over Oak Ridge, yeah. you're like, "Whoa, what's happening?" Yeah, because we don't. Get we those. don't. That doesn't happen. Yeah, because when I national lab. <laughs> when I lived in Knoxville, yeah, for college, where our house was, was right like it was right where planes coming from a certain direction would have to go to land at the airport. Yeah. We lived off North shore and it just happened to be where everything lined up. If you were coming from the West and you had to swing around to line up your landing or something, you know, I thought you said weast. I thought you said weast, but like four times a day you would hear a plane fly over. And it was it, like for the first year it startled me cause that never happened in my life growing up. Yeah. I mean, and thankfully it was like, I remember certain things about that day. One, uh, I remember immediately George Singleton put the sign in the back of his truck and he said, when we get a new sign, he was like, I want it to be exactly like this one. He was so sad. Yeah. And also it was like, I remember Charlie, it was like before somebody was telling me there was a problem with the roof and there were like shingles down and Charlie Job had fixed them before I could walk out to look at them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm so glad people like Charlie and Jeffrey exist that like, yeah. they don't have to ask I think, anybody. Yeah, I think Joe was in on that too. I think, yeah, Joe I think they're right. Yeah. I, yeah. And it's like, they just, yeah, Joe Penley, like they just hop up there and fix it before yeah. I know it's a problem and can yeah. even get anxious about it. Right, right. I don't even have to, I didn't even have to work the steps right, right. of the <laughs> Philippians 413. I just got to go straight to the post-game interview. Wow. Oh, man. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We, we missed you last week, but um, we're glad to be back. I'm Lee. I'm Thomas. This has been Ancient and New. I am new.